When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. Over the last month or so, watching the price action in both silver and gold markets, I've had mixed feelings. And I'm sure that many of you guys watching this video would agree that you have mixed feelings about this. On one hand, it's great to see that dropping because if you're still a buyer, well, you, you can bring down your dollar cost average if, you're, if your dollar cost average is above, you know, whatever it is right now, $15.50 or, you know, above $16, you can bring your dollar cost average down. We get to buy it at a low, low price, what, what I believe is, you know, a steal, a, a great price. And, and for those of us that, you know, haven't been stacking for, for decades or, or those of us that are young and have a very long, I guess, investment horizon or, or plan on holding on to it for a very long time. Well, this is extending how long we can buy in at a relatively inexpensive price for silver. I think it's extremely undervalued right now. But of course, the other side of this is that regardless of if you see it as a way to preserve wealth or, or an investment, speculative investment even, we'd still like to do it, see it do well. In, in price. We, we'd like to see it go up. But honestly, you know, during this dip, as we've seen silver drop below $16 an ounce, uh, gold under $1,250, getting fairly close to $1,200. I'm more and more of the opinion that I'm all right with this. I am all right with silver dropping this much. In fact, you know, this has been a pretty drastic drop over the last I don't know, so a month or so. You know, for a long time, it was trading in the $16 to $17 range. And, and silver, I think, dropped pretty close to $15. I think, you know, it, it closed around $15.30 or something like that one of those days. Um, and I think it even dropped lower than that intraday trading. Pretty significant drop. I'm glad it happened, honestly. I, I think that this drop, and potentially even a greater one, I, I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to happen now. But, but you know, below 15 even below $14. You know, people even talk about back in um, you know, 2008 when it, when it was forced under $10 an ounce. Something like that happening, or even what we've experienced thus far, very well could be exactly what the markets need to go higher. And, and honestly, I think there's two pieces to this. Um, there's, there's the paper side and there's the physical side. And, and I'll start with the physical side because, you know, I am a classic supply and demand guy. You know, there are some people that are moving away from the supply and demand model. And you know what? I, I get it in certain cases. Maybe it makes sense. But but to me, you know, I, yes, there's price manipulation. There's the paper markets that largely control the price of silver and gold. But I am not of the opinion that they have total control over it. They cannot totally violate the rules of supply and demand. If there's a mass amount of demand, there's not enough supply, um, they can just keep the price down indefinitely they, they need to use some other tactics whether dumping physical silver onto the market like they have in the past from um, governments and, and central banks that's what they did for a long time and eventually you know governments and central banks don't really have much silver at least that we know of anymore um, they they can uh, they can try and decrease demand by basically you know hammering down investors whenever people get excited even even paper traders are, are getting excited for the for the price to go up they can hammer down the price of, of paper 
uh, silver and, and flush out the weak hands, get people really pessimistic about it as an investment because of the manipulation. But they cannot totally violate the rules of supply and demand. In fact, we saw this back in, I believe, you know, during that period of the financial crisis, 2008, 2009, you saw silver drop. And of course, there's different opinions on what it is. And, and you know, I I guess I'm willing to concede that there is uh, part of it was manipulation going down. I, I I shouldn't say concede. I do believe strongly that there's a lot of manipulation pushing it down. You know, wh- whether it was J.P. Morgan um, taking on Bear Stearns' silver short position, I think there's a lot of evidence to suggest that. I guess I haven't done a ton of research in that area, um, but it was for super low, and they continued to try and suppress it. I believe after that for a while, but there's also a ton of physical demand coming into the market that. I believe that paper manipulators could just not suppress it any longer. The, the price was too low for too long and, and, and people, you know, physical demand forced the price back up. And I think that, you know, when we see dips like this and in, into the you know, $15 range, I think that to some extent you have that same dynamic in play here. And I'm not just talking about people like you and I, stackers, right? We, we account for some, but, you know, I was looking at, um, Bullion sales from the U.S. Mint. You know, the, the month of July is, you know, on pace to be a fairly decent month in terms of, of American silver eagles sold. You know, thus far, 735,000. Um, that's the most since April and March and, and February. Those are about, all three of those are in the $900,000 or 900,000 ounce range. And so, you know, for July, we could get back to those similar numbers. But, but you know, I think even American buyers, people in general are moving more and more away from the American Silver Eagle. It's not just stackers like you and I, although I have heard from a lot of people that are, you know, taking advantage of this, um, really cutting corners where they can to, to take advantage of this. But it's also abroad, right? Um, I think specifically India, you know, Small Gold, Lewis from Small Gold, you know, had recently reported that India through through april's on 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 pace for a record to import a record amount of silver now how much of this is investment demand how much of it is industrial i think there's a heck of a lot of of both of those things going on in india but but i think that you know when we see dips like this there are savvy buyers out there whether it's the the um the wealthy or even the middle class in india whether it is um companies that that are trying to to build at least some small stockpile of silver now because they know they're going to use it down the line and whatever electrical products or if it's you know a, a large um a buyer right a, a private buyer whether it's uh, they're, they're having it stored in vaults or you know usually that's the case if we're talking hundreds of thousands or millions of ounces um i think that these physical you know in terms of physical demand these dips are generally bought right you, you can look back to 2015 2015 was a probably for some of you a depressing year for silver that kind of marked the bottom at least thus far the end of 2015 beginning of 2016 the price was not doing so great back then and um of course it was met with a massive amount of of buying actually investment demand i think if i remember correctly was at its peak in 2015 global coin and, and bar demand i'd have to check those numbers for sure um, and, and I think you see a similar story when, 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 you know, paper prices are forced down, you know, below $16 an ounce. So that side of it, I think that this is great, you know, and, and if, you know, can hypothetically, 
Silver's forced below $15, $14 an ounce. Um, even if it was forced down to say $12 an ounce. And I'm not saying it will. I, I remain doubtful that it's heading a whole lot lower below maybe $14.75 would be the low. And that's if the yuan continues to be devalued and, and the dollar continues to strengthen. Um, but if it were to be forced down that low because of, of just pure paper trading, again, back like, uh, like, like back in 2008, a huge amount of investment demand, I think, would rush into the market. You know, it, it would be very difficult, I think, to get your hands on a lot of, of physical silver, especially if you're a big buyer. So there's that side of it. The other side of it, I think, is, is the paper side of it. Um, you know, we know who has control of these markets, Right. There, there's the element of the physical supply and demand. Right. But in terms of, of paper manipulators, it's the bullion banks. Right. J.P. Morgan and, and the lot. They, they, they more or less run the paper markets for, for silver. Now, we have to ask ourselves, what is their motive in allowing it to drop below $16 an ounce? You know, what, what is J.P. Morgan doing? Right? Why would they have such a large stockpile of, of silver, you know, reported to be um, you know, official numbers report it over 140 million ounces, um, unofficial, you know, estimates of, of, of um, additional silver kind of stored away, hundreds and hundreds of millions of ounces. Why are they allowing it to drop further? Um, and I think the answer to that is that they're waiting. It, it, did J.P. Morgan make money on this drop in the price of silver? I can't say for sure. But I would guess that they did, yes. Yes, their physical um, silver that they're holding in their vaults lost some value. But so what? They didn't sell it. So did they take a loss in it? No, absolutely not. Right. Most of that, they started buying it in uh, 2011, 2012. So that's been dollar cost average down from... What thirty dollars? You know, um, they they added a ton. You know, back in two thousand fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, um, and so I don't know what their dollar cost average is, but they haven't sold it, right? And I don't think that they will sell it until they have a pretty hefty profit on it. Um, so I, I do believe that they made money on this in the paper markets, whether they had a short position that they that they um I guess filled that made money off of it that way. Um, the other side of it is that I think for a long time, not only has have they been suppressing the price of silver, but they've also been um, suppressing volatility. But, you know, if, if JP Morgan wants to get the most bang for their buck in terms of the um, physical uh, hoard that they have, if they want that to get a larger, let's say their dollar cost averages 25 bucks, 20 bucks, it's probably around 20. I don't know exactly what it is. Somebody's probably done the math. 20 bucks an ounce, okay? They want it to get to 50 or 100 or whatever before they really start to, to sell that. Or and maybe they won't because this very well could coincide with, you know, a, a significant drop in the dollar. Um, they're going to want to allow the price to rise, even potentially force it up uh, in a period of time in which market participants are likely to run to safe haven assets. Just like in 2008 through 2011, you had a ton of people, um, I believe, realize, hey, this physical silver and gold, that's where it's at. Physical or paper, you know, that the paper markets haven't totally broken since then. So if they bought SLV or GLD or whatever they had back then or one of the COMEX, um, if they could do it that way, um, they they did well. And I think, you know, if they were to allow the price to go crazy high right now before the uh you know, the, the, the economy hasn't totally fallen apart. 
they might not get as much bang for their buck. Plus, I think it's going to be easier for them to to actually take possession of all that physical silver and, and whatnot. Um, although I do believe they have physical... I, I do believe they have physical possession of it. But I think it's going to be um, the, the whole task of, of holding on to it is going to be a lot easier for them in a period of, of, of turmoil. Um, and, and potentially, you know, if, if the price goes high enough, they're, they're going to have an easier time selling it if, if the price is much, much higher and there's a huge amount of, of demand for it, whether from investors or from, you know, from industry. Um, I, I think they, they benefit a lot from, from selling, you know, buying when there's blood on the streets and selling when, when there's a frenzy in the market. Um, and I think that that frenzy is only going to be uh, more, more hectic, more outrageous if it's during a period of time of, of major economic decline. Right. And so, again, we have to ask ourselves, you know, is this the last dip before it goes higher? Who knows? I, I don't know for sure. But I, w- what I can tell you is that the economy right now, you know, this Friday, we're going to get a GDP number from the U.S. government putting that at like, a, you know, 4.3%, 4.5%. Some people have said even above 5%. Uh, I'm doubtful those numbers in the first place. But the big thing about that is that, A, I think many people see it as being the high mark. And that going forward, you know, Q3, Q4, much, much lower, 2%, 1% range. Um, another thing is that a big piece of that huge GDP number, which, you know, on the surface, now the numbers themselves, I think, are, are fake. They're, they're bad, I guess, um, methodology used to, to make the numbers look better than they actually are. But, you know, on the surface, it looks pretty good. A lot of it is because many uh, buyer, many, I guess, um, companies, corporations have been buying a lot of, of products and raw materials in anticipation of more tariffs to come. So so why not buy a, a large amount of raw materials or product that you plan on selling in the future from China or China from the United States or whatever, because now you can buy it at you know 10% cheaper than, than it will be you know, a couple months from now or 25% or whatever the tariffs end up being. Um, so that's that's kind of a fake, I guess, or or a short term front loading of, of economic growth that long term will will lead to less and less economic growth. The other piece of it is that the U.S. in many ways is the you know the last country standing, the Fed is the last central bank standing that have not really moved towards weakening their monetary policy, and I do not think that that is going to last for much longer. You know, we recently saw that China is is uh, easing their monetary conditions. The ECB, the Bank of Japan, they continue to have incredibly weak uh, monetary conditions. I think, uh, you know, Australia's central bank, the, the Bank of Canada, they're, they're, I think they're tightening. The Bank of Canada is, I don't know about the uh, bank, uh, central bank in Australia, but I think that's going to change pretty soon here. But the Fed is, is I think, um, I think long overdue for, for easing monetary conditions and then i don't think they're that far out i mean if if the chinese economy slips and and it's looking like it is right now that's why they're easing monetary conditions it's not just this trade war talk the, the whole global economy is going to go down with them that's just how important they are that's how important they have been since the global recession that began back in you know 2008 it's just that you know they they've in many ways been the the engine that has run the global economy and and kept it from slipping back into another recession because they've had such feverish growth since then but a lot of it's debt-based unfortunately and 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 so when they do slip um when their economy slips again and, and economic growth slows down as it appears to be right now the whole global economy is going to come down with them 
So I think this whole idea of, of you know, when will the Fed, um, or sorry, when will JP Morgan and the bullion banks allow silver and gold to head higher? Uh, I think it's got to coincide with, with a major economic event. And I think we're getting closer and closer to that, honestly. Um, you know, much closer than where we were in, in 2015, 2016, when we had the bottom then, or, you know, even heading into to the, uh, you know, summer 2016, when silver went over $20 an ounce with the the Brexit vote, and then, then the elections later that year, I think there's a concerted effort to, to keep the economy propped up. But, but more and more, it, it seems to be that the, the, um, the, different signs of an economic uh, a collapse or crisis are really falling into place now more than they have in a, a very, very long time. So, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts in this video down below in the comment section. As always, thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video and God bless.